Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Hour number three. We are halfway through here on a Saturday holiday weekend. John Dickinson and Kyle Madsen live and local. Phone lines are open. 888-957-9570. As we're going to be with you until 1 o'clock here on 95.7 The Game. Talking a lot of Golden State Warriors as they are able to keep Kevon Looney and add Dante DiVincenzo. To the mix, Warriors losing Gary Payton the second and Otto Porter Jr. Just kind of how you feeling about the Warriors roster composition at this point? How dependent are they going to have to be on some of the young guys for bigger roles if they want to win a championship? Uh, we'll also take a look coming up here, Kyle, around the league a little bit at some of the other moves in the first couple of days here of the league year and and free agency. Uh, We've got some Giants conversation to get into. Another just uninspiring, kind of boring loss for them last night uh, over at Oracle Park to the White Sox in the beginning of their three-game weekend set. Uh, But but before we kind of get back into the Warriors a little bit, Debo Samuel did what or or didn't do what uh, at at his camp in, in South Carolina this week? Making a little news for what seemed like the wrong reasons, but maybe it's not quite that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a big deal at all. Uh but what what happened was Debo has a camp at his hometown in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And there's like 400 kids at this camp and this video went viral of one of the kids coming up to him with a football asking him to autograph it and Debo didn't. And when you don't autograph for a kid, you look like a monster. Gave what, him the Heisman. Gave right. he gave the I kid mean, the just, Heisman. I mean, maybe a broken nose he stiff-armed him so hard. Uh not literally, but um, it turns out that Debo, because of a contract thing, not with the 49ers, but with whatever the contract was that he has with uh, with this camp, he was not allowed to sign personal items. And Debo came out today. Uh, so FlexWorks Sports Management, which works with, C- with with Samuel, 
tweeted, Flex Work Sports is proud of Debo Samuel's impact in youth sports. Debo said, quote, to provide structure, education, and motivation to youth in my home state of South Carolina is a daily reminder. Nice. Dreams do come true, which is great. Debo then tweets, says, 400 campers. I wasn't able to autograph personal items, but every camper went home with a signed photo. Not just a random photo. It was a photo of them with Debo Samuel at the camp. Debo autographed that, including the one for the kid with the football. Nice. It turns that, out he's that, not a monster. That beats the hell out of my autograph photo of Jim Less when I was a kid because I went to the Jim Less basketball camp. I you, mean, you even know who Jim Less is? Yeah, UC Davis. He's still the coach, coach at UC Davis. Is yeah, he, he was. still the head coach at UC Davis. I don't know if he still is, but he definitely was when I was at SAC. Um, yeah. So yeah, the Debo autograph picture. We're like, hey, it's me and Debo. Like that better than the. It's super cool, Jim Less. And I would rather I would rather have an autograph photo of me and and my favorite athlete than them just signing a random item. Like it's not even close. Totally, it's not. I even mean, close. you keep that for the rest of your life. Yes. Not like, hey, here's a football that you could have bought at the store. Like, hey, here's a picture of me with Debo that he freaking autographed. It's really cool. Um, and I just any Debo doesn't need any negative PR right now. So that was that was going to be a tough look if he was just out here, just like yeah, I'm not signing for kids. Get out of here. That was going to be a bad look. But all is well that ends well. And it yeah, it sort of was mis- misrepresented a little yes, bit. I mean, we got point. more information, but it was one of those things that goes viral and it becomes a thing, and it didn't necessarily need to become a thing. Easily explained, right? But it just you know Debo right now. I know forty. There are a lot of forty nine fans. Again, social media not real life, but there are a lot of forty nine fans that are already kind of feeling some kind of way about Debo that this just fueled uh, a, a fire of, of negativity. Yeah, that that didn't need to be there. And I don't want to go on a whole diatribe about like social media and trying to go viral and stuff. Oh, not, feel free. We got, not, we got two hours, just, Kyle. It's dumb. It's stupid. All right? Like, di- forget, is it a tough look? Like, yeah, for sure. But athletes don't owe us anything. Like, athletes don't owe fans autographs. Like, it's just a cool thing that they do. And I just, I think, like, if anybody saw that video and went, wow, Debo sucks. I feel differently about Debo Samuel now. I mean, he's not he's not the only athlete that's ever denied an autograph. Who's the most famous, like, were you a big autograph guy as a kid? No, still not. Okay. So, who, like, what's your... I'm, I'm sure you got some, right? Like, what's your favorite one, or or was there maybe somebody like who's the best player that ever blew you off for an autograph? I've got a pretty good one. Uh, I've got Dennis Eckersley. Blew you off, or you have it? No, he blew me off. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay, like, Eck, I love Eck. Yeah, Chip, Man, like, that's see that would break got my a, heart. Got a photo with him at A's Fan Fest, and then saw him like in a hallway later. Like he was just standing there. And you're and like, hey, like, we know each other. Yeah, it was like, like hey, we know. like, Eck, what's up? Can we get? And he was like, nope. And just, I mean, turned around and booked it, like we were asking him for money. It was, it was tough. I was like, probably twelve or thirteen at the time. It's like, dang, Eck, I, come I was, on, man. I was never a big autograph guy, but this goes back to when I was fourteen. So I was fourteen, grew up in Sacramento. And at my middle school, so I wasn't in high school yet, middle school, I think I was in eighth grade, and one of the PE teachers had, had kind of hey, realized, hey, this, this guy's into sports. Like, he, he, he's not just into sports, like playing sports, but he follows it. And I, w- I was kind of a little, hey, Johnny's Johnny, you know, going to try and be in the media, I think. Right. I, I think you could tell even at 14 that I was going to try to do something like, like has been done. And so he, at one point, 
we we went to I, I went to some Kings games as a kid with with my dad and the like. And at one point, this PE teacher he says hey, he knew Vinny Del Negro, right? Oh, from, yeah. from like Vinny Del Negro, like was drafted by the Kings in the late '80s, and and we're now in the mid mid to late '90s at this point. Uh, but he knew Vinny Del Negro from his time with the with the Kings. He was with the Spurs at this point, and so he was very cool and and he said hey if you're going to be at the game he didn't get me a ticket but i if you're gonna, he was also going to be at the game as a guest of Vinny Del Negro because they were they were friends so he got Vinny Del Negro to basically get like an all access go underneath around the locker room pass after the game and so it was it was me and my dad and and uh, and, and i'm like wow this is really cool 14 year old JD's just having an awesome time with this but it gets to who who blew me off. It was like, hey, you know, you can try and get some autographs or, or whatever you want. And you know me, I'm shooting for the stars, right? So out comes from the locker room in this area where you're walking toward the bus at the at the old Arco Arena in, in Sacramento is David Robinson, the Admiral. Oh no! In, in his prime, I think this was the MVP year. Actually, this would have been ninety. This would have been the year that he won the MVP, and then Olajuwon dusted him in the in the conference finals that year uh, when when Olajuwon beat him and then beat Shaq in the finals. But anyway, I, I digress on that point. So David Robinson comes out, and David Robinson's got like a bag on his shoulder, and he's carrying some shoes. And and I'm just like a 14-year-old, hey, Mr. Mr. Robinson, can you sign? And I got the pen and everything. And Mr. Robinson, can you sign? And he goes, he goes, sorry, I'll get you next time. <laughs> He looked right at me. He goes, "I'll get you I'll next get time." You and I'm next thinking, time? "Next time? Like that's your line? Like that's your I'm blowing off a 14 year old kid line? I'll get you next time? Like I'm the, I'm the next? There ain't gonna be a next time, David freaking Robinson? Like what the hell? So I was, I was, I was crushed, and I think I ended up getting a Vinny Del Negro autograph, which is, huh. you know. Slightly different. I don't know. I don't know what I did with that. But yeah, so David Robinson blew me off, and I think he was car- he was carrying shoes like in an attempt to like not get hit up. Like, hey, I'm carrying sure. my stuff, kind yeah. of a thing. But he goes, I can't, I can't remember if he said kid, but he said, I'll, he said, I'll get you next time. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, awesome. I would have made it my I'll, life I'll, mission I'll, to run ne- into David Robinson again. The next time <laughs> I end up. By the locker room, in between the locker room and the bus, around a future Hall of Famer, I'll, I'll make sure to ask for that autograph. David, David Robinson owes you, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, and it's too bad because by the time I was working in the in the industry, I think by the time I was actually credentialed and going to games, I think it was actually the last year he was in the league in mm. 2003. So I never I never got to actually hit him up with that. But yeah, thanks for blowing me off, Admiral D Rob. Well, well. So. well We'll get you. He was nice about it, but he did blow me off. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. Like, at least he said, like, "Hey, I'll get you next time." Acknowledging, like, "Hey, this stinks that I'm doing this," but at least it didn't just go not today or or no or get out of my way. Somebody on the text line here, uh, it went away. This thing goes too fast. Uh, From the 408, Joe Montana. This is from Rick the Father. Joe Montana told me to get out of the way when I asked for an autograph at six years old. Get out of the way to a six-year-old. Yeah, that's tough. It's really tough, and I don't want—I don't want it well, to come across because um, from the five-one-zero, Eck grew up on my street as a kid. 
has always not been a good guy. I don't, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know Dennis Eckersley, and him walking away from me for an autograph doesn't make him a bad guy. It's just never a good... It's just like it. the optics are definitely tough. Well, and the, the part of it that really messes with you is when you think somebody's a good guy. Like, like I think that's why... I, from that point on, I was never really a big autograph guy because you want to, like, I'm thinking David Robinson is, he's the admiral. He's, like, he is, I'm thinking for a superstar at 14, I, I, I'm confident going up to David Robinson, yeah. right? Like, I think David Robinson's going to be nice because he's David Robinson, and David Robinson is, like, one of the nicest dudes. You know, the perception was one, right. and he was fine. Like, again, he didn't do anything rude, but at that point, I think, like, you don't want, to your opinion to change if somebody you think is a is a good dude. Yes. Right? Like you don't want Oh my god, that guy's percent. a total That guy was a total jerk. He's my favorite player. And then conversely like that's, that's the worst case. And then conversely players you can't stand that wind up being like really really cool. It's like, "Oh man." Like <laughs> that's why that's why I'll always be like with with DeMarcus Cousins. I get. I think people think Demarcus Cousins is just not that good of a dude. And again, maybe I'm. I don't know him that well. But I've had a, a chance to have a couple interactions with him, and he's always been super chill, super nice guy. And that yeah. just made. I'm like, yeah, hey, Demarcus Cousins, big big fan. Even though he's yep. a player that I probably should not like very much. No, I've I always had good good interactions with with DeMarcus and in, in some similar type type situations right up until and look nobody cares about this but right up until I asked him about about his defense in 2008 that 1819 season oh, no. and he gave he gave the old flip like well what do you think of my defense <laughs> I and and from that point worse on than that. and from that point on and it's like and my answer is all oh, my, my the go-to response is well Nobody wants to hear my opinion. I'm asking you. Right. Like, you're the player. Like, I'm just trying to get information. And he uh, – I, I don't even remember what he said. But but from that point on, he it was a very sni- – from that point on, it was kind of like, I'm not, I'm not effing talking to that guy. Like, there was always kind of a glare. And I'm thinking, like, DeMarcus. Like, we have history. Bro. And obviously yeah. he didn't really remember. <laughs> it, was, it was years right. prior with, with Sacramento. And I wasn't – close with him or anything but I was actually one of his defenders yeah. when a lot of people weren't and it just it was interesting but it was like that one question he it just out. hit a nerve man and he was just yeah he was he was Kevin Durant D-O-N-E I'm done I have I have two things here because the 510 had a good text that I want to get to uh, about Jerry Rice but uh, on that on that question asking thing you just reminded me of a story uh Sac State my the year I covered Sac State football for a class I was in basically my class project that I was in for for journalism was cover the football team and write a stack of stories and turn them in at the end of the year. That was my assignment. Good assignment to have. So they were supposed to be really good in like 2010, I think it was. I can't remember the exact year. But they were supposed to be good. And they wound up being bad. They They were not good. Last game of the year, they need to beat UC Davis to like have a chance to go to the playoffs but it was a long shot. And then they get housed by Davis. Just obliterated. Was never close. So we're in the postgame presser, and I asked the head coach, a guy named Marshall Spurbeck, super hard ass. Um, He goes, I go, hey, if you could describe this year in a word, what word would you use? Which is a terrible Uh question to begin with. 
But yeah, again, I'm, I'm 19, 20 years old, whatever that, it was. That's Harry High School. It's that's so not trash. Even, right. Just that's a, not even Kyle College. That's right. not Harry High that's School. That's a tr- terrible question to begin with, which I got the proper response from him, which was, what word would you use? Right. Press conference room, again, it's like six people who all cover the team all the time, but is just silent. Everybody looking at me as the last time I asked a question oppressor. Trash. Is a big, big, terrible question. That should have been your answer. Trash. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say disappointing was the word I was looking for because I had my lead written in my head and I just needed the quote from him. You needed the word. Yeah. Give me the word. Yeah. And it just didn't, uh, it didn't, you know, I learned something that day, which is why, which is why you go to school. Uh, the 510, real quick on yeah. the on the autograph thing. This said, is not true. Jerry Rice told me that I can't talk to him when asking for an autograph, but I have a Jerry Rice story. At the American Century Championship, I was I was working up there with the with the radio station I used to work for, and Jerry Rice is participating in the event. And the person I was working for knew I was a, a big Niner fan and and uh, loved Jerry Rice. Like he's the first jersey I owned. So she goes over and says, "Hey, I got Jerry Rice here. He he has a minute to take a photo." So I get up and I go over there and I'm. Th- I stick out my hand. I'm like, Jerry, huge fan. It's great to meet you. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I got places to be. Let's make this quick. <laughs> didn't shake my hand. Didn't make eye contact. Like, was standing there. He was going to stand there for 20 seconds tops. And uh, that was uh, that was the extent of my reaction or my interaction with Jerry Rice. Yeah, that's too bad. By the way, I didn't. I was not saying that was not true. I thought you were reading another text. This text, I will say, is not true. It's also from the five one zero. John Dickinson stiffed me for an autograph outside Chase Center back in two thousand nineteen, and I, I can still see haven't that. forgotten him. I can see monster. That. <laughs> well, you don't know that for ni- through ninety five seven, you have a stipulation in your contract. You actually can't sign autographs. You'll send Stop that person it. an autograph photo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hundred dollars a pop. Yeah, <laughs> send it to eight six five. <laughs> I yeah, I I die I digress on that. Uh, that's a yeah eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll we'll just reopen up the phone lines yeah, on, on that, that note, uh, and and get back into some some Warriors conversation. It's we're talking about this because of the Depot Samuel story, and it's good. Like, how do you think the Debo thing ends, by the way, just to kind of tie that? And I don't mean him at his camp in South Carolina where he gave everybody an autograph personal photo. I, I mean more he he gets his extension and gets the bag and is is happy again or, or, or what? I know I know we're kind of in the dead zone, but I mean, that, that that's how this thing has to end at this point, right? Yeah, uh, I think he's because they're not going to trade him. Unless, because the market wasn't there during the draft, and the Niners aren't going to trade him for something that isn't going to help him this year. So they would have to get, like, players back for him. And I don't think there's a team that's going to do that at this point. So his options are sit out and don't get paid and then lose your unrestricted free agency next year. So now he's a restricted free agent because he didn't accrue a fourth season. So it would mess up his free agency next year. And then he wouldn't get paid this year. So I think he's going to sign a contract. It wouldn't surprise me if it looks like Terry McLaurin's contract, that three-year deal that gets him back on the market when he's, you know, before he's 30. Um, that would that would make sense because all the reporting on this is from like Ian Rappaport. He's been really on top of it. Basically, the the reporting and why he's holding out has to do with his longevity. And it's not about this contract. It's about future contracts and future money he's going to make. So 
I, I think eventually this gets resolved. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a shorter deal, not instead of the, you know, four or five year deal, if it's three years, um, because Debo wants, you know, this bag and then, and then another one, another one. So yeah. that's, that's how I think this, this winds up being resolved, but we may have to wait a few weeks because training camp is when the rubber really meets the road. Um, the Niners always get their contracts done in the, in the week or two before camp. So that's when uh, we're at July 2nd now. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, July 20th, July 21st, in that kind of range, we we start to see news that they're either close to a deal or have, have agreed on a deal. Yeah, and sometimes it even goes into into training camp by a few days. Yeah. Those those first four or five days is as everybody's getting settled. So I right. think that's a I think I think that's a good thought on that front. And then quickly I think everything everything calms down and, and we can start to to focus in a little bit more on on the actual football and and what the heck Trey Lance is going to be as a starting quarterback. Uh, just quick thought on the Jimmy Garoppolo deal. I know he was cleared to throw, or he's going to be cleared to throw here shortly. Going to start throwing here shortly. Just a quick thought on on that. As far as I mean, I to me he. Can't, he can't actually be around when training camp starts, right? I mean, he can be he can be on the roster, but is he really going to be like out on the field behind Levi's, you know, work working with the twos? I mean, they can't let it get to that point, can they? No. So I was under the impression that like once he started throwing, he was going to be good to go, and a team might trade for him at that point. But we had Doctor Narav Pandya on with Willard and Dibs on on Wednesday for Clear to Play eleven thirty every Wednesday. Check it out. Um, and he said that there's a not only is the throwing program like slow, but the the bigger issue is how does the shoulder respond to contact? And he may not be ready for contact until like the regular season starts. So I don't know if there's going to be a team that wants to give up an asset for this guy. I think once he can pass a physical, the Niners are probably going to release him so he can go sign wherever and give himself the best shot to to compete for a job this year. Or maybe he goes the Mitchell Trubisky route and takes a backup job and then and then signs somewhere next year on a on a QB needy team. But yeah, there's I, I think there's very little chance. There's no chance he's on the roster with a twenty seven million dollar cap hit, which is what it would be if he stays. Um that's just bat like the Niners are too good at at cap management to to pay twenty seven million dollars for their backup. They've committed to Trey Lance. They appear committed to Trey Lance. Everything they're saying and doing. Quarterback coach Brian Greasy hasn't even talked to Jimmy Garoppolo, which <laughs> to me is is a sign that that he's gone. So, um, I, I think this eventually gets resolved with him with him being released. That's that's how I think this goes because I don't think there's going to be a team that wants to give up an asset for a guy who can't even play in the preseason. Or who may yeah, not play in the preseason. Doesn't do anybody any good for him to be no. hanging out on mm-hmm. the roster, just in limbo, uh, on a on a team that he led to the NFC Championship game when it's clear that he's not going to be the starting quarterback or given really an opportunity to be the starting quarterback at that point. So ha- hanging on to him, especially given the locker room dynamics there. And, and look, I think the players know that it's it's Trey Lance's team now. And, and yes. to your point, they've been they've been pushing forward with that throughout the entire offseason. I mean, Garoppolo hasn't even been around. But to me, you just – you don't want it to be weird. And having mm-hmm. him around would be weird. And and I think that that has the potential to set this season off on a on a path that, that the 49ers would be, would be uncomfortable with as much as they 
always try to put out there the fact that they're never really uncomfortable in in any in any type of a of a situation. So yeah, good good thoughts on that. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll switch gears. We'll get back into the Warriors. Uh, also, Draymond Green uh, always talking. Although felt like maybe he hit the summer vacation tour the back end of this week uh, a little bit, but uh, he he had said something uh, on a podcast this week that validated an opinion that was highly debated and uh, Draymond gave your guy a win. So I'll tell you what that is. It's coming up next year. It's JD and Kyle, 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Kyle Madsen, 888-957-9570. Where the hell's Kevin Durant going to wind up? And could he make some other team the favorite to win an NBA championship? Plus, I'm going to give you my NBA championship odds, my top five. Oh, your own? My own personal top five. Oh, it, hell it, yeah. Yeah. I love this, this point, bit. And there has been a change in the, the leader at the top, at, at least momentarily. Wow. It's not the Warriors. Is it? Come at come at me, social media. The Warriors are not currently my favorite to win the NBA championship on July 2nd. JD hates the Warriors. Um, exactly. Is it because Damian Lee left? It is because Damian <laughs> Lee left. Uh, does does the team at the top, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. It's fine. I'll guess yeah, I when we get I think there. You, I, I think you know what the, the team at the top is. And it's not. Is it the team that just acquired a player na- that rhyme, whose name rhymes with Salcom Srogden? 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. So, uh, well, yeah, we'll give you the top five. But, yeah, new leader at the top. That's coming up here between now and 1 o'clock. How you feeling about the Warriors roster composition now uh, with the addition of Dante DiVincenzo? Good stuff there. And, hey, the uh, California Classic is tipping off, Kyle, this afternoon at, at Chase Center. First time Chase Center is hosting the event that uh, had been in Sacramento, but it was meant to rotate. I think L.A. is supposed to get some run at some point as well. Uh, but because of the pandemic, it wound up being in Sacramento the first, I think, three years of its existence and now uh, at Chase the next couple of days. So it should be fun. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool event because if you ever like if anybody's ever been to spring training, it has the same kind of vibe. Although with Definitely. spring training, sometimes, you know, you'll get, you know, your your Brandon belts or your Buster Posies or whatever. will play a few innings with this. It's just like, hey, it's all the young guys playing. Everybody's trying because everybody's some guys are trying to like get a G League spot. Some guys are trying to to play their way onto the NBA roster. It's rookies just getting their feet wet in in NBA uh action. It's just a cool um just a cool environment. Like there's not there's no stakes. You just get to go hang out and watch good basketball players hoop. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun and it chase the next couple of days and just looking at the schedule the Warriors, it's the Warriors, Kings, Lakers, and the Miami Heat. And those have been the, the four teams in the California Classic. Uh, I think 2018 was the, was the first year. Uh, Warriors and Kings at 4.30 this afternoon over at Chase. And then the uh, JV game is uh, at 2 o'clock. I say the JV game because it's preceding uh, the, the varsity game, which is obviously the home team. Uh, against the Sacramento Kings, Warriors and Kings, 4.30, Lakers and Heat at 2. And, yeah, you, you go, you show up, you buy a ticket, and you get you get both games. So should be uh, should be a lot of fun out there. And then tomorrow, a uh, little bit of a – actually, no, tomorrow's 2 and 4.30 as well. Kings and the Heat is the JV game, and then the Warriors and the Lakers, the varsity game at, at 4.30 again tomorrow over at Chase Center. So check it out. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a good time. Get to – Get to see Patrick Baldwin. He's playing in the at at the in the Cal Classic, right? I think so. Yeah. Wiseman's, Wiseman's Wiseman is not, not right, and Rollins is not right. He it was diagnosed with the an injury within the last couple of days as the Warriors were were getting him on the roster. But yeah, it's it it, it is fun for all of those reasons that that, that you mentioned. Uh, it's all about small victories. In in the world, right, Kyle? And I, I'm usually not. Hey, Johnny, pat myself on the back. And and look, it's it's just one man's opinion. But uh, did you hear what Draymond Green had to say this week? Uh, it was the Old Man in the Three podcast, and Draymond addresses and we'll play it. A long-standing debate I had always maintained. And I don't know where you stood on this, and I don't think we had discussed it in some of the shows that, that we had the, the pleasure of, of being able to do together. But I, I was always under the impression Warriors won the title in 15, 16 got away from them for a number of, of different reasons after they had the 3-1 lead, and then the Warriors get Durant and win the two. And, and I have always been of the belief that the Warriors – I don't think they would have won in 17 or 18 had they not gotten Durant. Now, they did get Durant. They won both. They, they damn near won a third one before Durant left in, in 19. Uh, but that had, as you might expect, Kyle, been met with a lot 
of you know Damian Lee like vitriol from from the from the Warrior fan base. They would have won in seventeen. Da, 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 da. And I know that sort of was relitigated with the Warriors winning in twenty two in the last couple of weeks. Like we'll see if they won it in twenty two. They sure as hell would have won it in seventeen and and right. eighteen. Uh, Draymond addressed it before we hear the cuts from Draymond though. And I I was feeling good because Draymond knows. Draymond knows hoop, and it's funny. You know, Draymond's one of those guys. And I don't know if you ever do this. You're kind of a thinker, like I am. But I always kind of think, you know, when you we we get paid to give opinions, and I, I hate the term takes and hot takes and all that. But we get paid to give give, in my estimation, well thought out opinions on on things. And, and nobody's always right. And there's and most things are typically open for debate, and we never get the the full answer. There's a lot of nuance involved, but. I've always kind of had the thought, hey, if Steph was listening to, to us doing a show, like, would he think we're a couple of idiots? Or, or, or me, I'll speak for myself, would he think I'm an idiot? Or not, like Draymond, who knows hoop. Like, if, if Draymond was listening to our show driving around the bay today, would he think, man, that JD guy's an idiot? Or would he think, oh, you know what, that's, that's not a crazy take. And sometimes you kind of you go back and forth in your head a little bit, just kind of wondering. Not that you care, but you wonder. And so... We kind of got it. Got an answer that made me feel good. Not that I'm right, or that even Draymond's right, but it made me feel good to think, "Hey, Draymond and I kind of agree on this on this particular take." But where were you on that whole that whole thing, Kyle? On what Draymond said? On well, we'll get to what he said, but on just your what was your stance on? They win in 15. They don't win in 16. What happens if they don't get Durant those next couple of years? Because I think they would not have won it in 17 or 18. There's a part of it I disagree with Draymond on. We'll get to, but I, I think they would not have won in seventeen or eighteen. Um, I, I've always been of the mind that they would have gone back. Had, so we're assuming they just run it back with Harrison Barnes. Yeah, because that's that's the I thing. Mean, that's that's that, my assumption. So so that and that's where this can get really convoluted. If they're just running it back with Harrison Barnes. Those 17 and 18 Cavs teams were really, really, really good. The Warriors just made them look not good because they were one of the like three or four best teams ever assembled. So if they run it back with Harrison Barnes, probably not. But if there's a different move that they make where they add somebody who's maybe better than Harrison Barnes but less than KD, uh, do they do they win it? Yeah, I, I think they could have gotten at least one of the two. Uh, but How the, would they the, got that guy though? That's that, my that's question. A, right. I don't. I don't know. Um, but so, here's so you almost have to assume it's Harrison Barnes for for the purposes of that discussion. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. That and that's and that's so that's fine. Um, I the thing that I run into against this is I want to say yes, they could they could have gotten at least one. Um, but the other thing is. They talked about the grind of going to the finals in five consecutive years after they added Kevin Durant. They got a pretty decent shakeup. If you're bringing Harrison Barnes back and just trying to kind of run it back again and again and again, like that's where things get really tough for me. And they would have had to lean a lot on Harrison Barnes, I think. And I don't know if he's that type of player. Um, I think if you're if I'm if if the line is over under half a title in 17 and 18 in the alternate universe where Barnes stays, I'll take the over, but I don't feel great about it. Okay. Like, I that, think they would have figured that, it out. Like, no, I think, I think they, maybe they lose, like lose in 17, but win in 18. 
Like they kind of figure it out as they go. Because this is a smart team. Like it's a, they're a good all-time core with Clay, Draymond, and, and Steph. I think they would have figured it out by 18. I so, think yeah. the Cavs, and this is where I disagree with Draymond. We'll play the comments. I, I, I think 17, the Cavs would have beat him. I think at 18, the Rockets would have beat him. And that that's the mm. one where, I, and again, we'll play the Like, the Rockets team was really good. And I, I it kind of gets revised as all oh, the Warriors owned the Rockets. The Rockets never would have got over on them. And I, in 19, they won. That was a different series. In 19, they beat the Rockets without KD for the last couple of games in the series. That Rockets team was not nearly as good. Right. And at that point, but, the Warriors did have ownage on them because I think 18 was the year that gave the Warriors the ownage. But they don't win that series without Durant. Eighteen. It felt like it felt like there was a lot of Warriors getting out of their offense, though, and that was partly because of the the Rockets' ability to switch, and they were just kind of built to defend the Warriors' offense. But they, I think that in those series, there were too many times where they just kind of fell into Kevin Durant hunts a shot, and that's going to be their offense. And we've seen time and time again that that doesn't necessarily work with with this Warriors team. They so, also needed that though to win games. I think at the high at the highest level. Yeah, man. Maybe I'm just being a homer, but man, I, just, I, it's a, I mean, it's an open debate. I'm not saying right, I'm necessarily right or wrong. No, I. I don't. I don't. The, I don't the answer think is the I don't know, but that's not. <laughs> the, well, I'm on the I fence, JD. Tw- Back to you. I don't think the 22 team winning means anything. As no, far as no, I don't think so either because they're so different. That's like just the players the are different. Yes, I mean they 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 in some ways tore it down and built it back up. It, yeah, around Steph and Clay and Draymond well, and, and, and Steph Curry is just a different player now. Clay Thompson a different player now. Well, and that's a perfect segue into what Draymond said. So let, let's hear the two clips from Draymond, and we can we can discuss it further. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. We've already had a couple of good text messages. Uh, on this, but let, let's hear the first Draymond here, and a couple of these are, are lengthy, but the first Draymond clip, uh, the old man in the three podcast, he was asked if if Durant gets enough credit for the 17 and 18 titles he helped the Warriors win. I don't let's think the outside world gave Kevin enough credit. I think if you came within our organization... Kevin was given all the credit. But the reality is, is I don't think that team wins another championship if Kevin doesn't come. Now, you may say, oh, yeah, but y'all won the fourth one without Kevin. But there's a gap in there where teams started to figure us out. Would you, would you guys have beat Houston yeah. those, those two years without Kevin? Yeah, we was beating them for sure. <laughs> so, kidding me. That team was never going to beat us. <laughs> it just was not going to happen. What about the, what about the, what about the Cavs time? then? We would not have beat the Cavs coming back around without Kevin. So I, I disagree with Draymond there. That's where Draymond, if he's listening, he probably thinks, okay, this guy's an idiot. We would have beat Houston. The second Cavs team didn't even have Kyrie at that point, I don't believe. Or he was yeah, he the eighteen Cavs team was like George Hill and a bunch and a bunch of guys. Yes. At that point. So like to me, that was that wasn't going to be it at that point. So, but the 17 team, I think, I agree with him on the 17 team. I thought it was also interesting. He didn't think Durant got enough credit. I thought Durant got a ton of credit from everybody for helping him win. 
Yeah, I think Durant got too much credit. Honestly, like if that's that he's gotten too much credit since like because Steph didn't win finals MVP it's gotten framed as though Kevin Durant was doing this by himself which was just, which is not not necessarily the case like i think Durant got got a lot of credit for what for what the warriors did and i don't know a warriors fan that that doesn't acknowledge that like yeah KD was great there are people who will tell you that they would have absolutely won both without him, which, again, as we just talked about, I don't know. But I think from outside of the Warriors bubble, I think Durant got a ton of credit for being awesome at basketball. Well, and the nine two five, the finals MVP is the credit. Yes, I nailed that's it. A, I think that's a great, great point. Well said, very succinctly. Uh the 650 chimes in. If you say the Warriors would not have won in 17 and 18 without Durant, that's assuming they would have not acquired another star. And yeah, that's the assumption. They they would not have acquired another. Like they they would not have acquired another star. Uh, and you know that's. I think that's and and look, there was the cap spike in 16, so I guess there would have been the potential to to maybe do that. They still would have had that money, but but I, I work under the notion that they would have run it back with Harrison Barnes at that point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, um, like, I would have to rewind to 2016 to look at the the landscape then because I don't remember exactly what it looked like. Just because Kevin Durant was such a big fish, that was kind of, that's all, <laughs> that's all I remember from 16. Let's hear the other Draymond Green clip. Uh, as as he addressed, and, and this one is pretty lengthy, but but he explains it. It's like, well, wait a minute, why do you, why do you think that? And so he he gave a really well thought out response to why he thinks the Warriors would not have beaten Cleveland without Durant. Here it is. Teams have figured us out, and I personally don't think at that point Steph Curry had figured out I'm going to get a bucket whenever I want to. I don't think he was capable of that yet. I think he was still growing into that. And so because of that, once teams started to figure our offense out, we were starting to struggle more and more. I'm not sure if you remember that series of OKC where we were down 3-1 to one and we had to come back. That's because teams had started to figure it out. And so what, what then in turn ended up happening was Steph still creates all the havoc that he f- creates. Like I tweeted, Steph faced so many double teams and Kevin didn't. That's a fact. Like, you can go look at the numbers or just watch the game if you can analyze the game better than Skip Bayless. And um, (laughs) if you watch the game, then you see that Steph's getting double teamed. And Ty Lue then goes publicly and say, I'm double teaming Steph Curry every chance I get. Kevin wasn't getting double teamed. But the reality is we got to a point where we needed to be able to give someone the ball that can just go get a bucket. And Kevin was already there. I don't think Steph was there yet. So it gets us through those two years. We get those those two championships. But while we're doing that, Steph is continuing to work and evolving. And most importantly, becoming the strongest dude on our team. And to this day, he's the strongest guy on the team. And that allowed him to score whenever he wanted because you can no longer bump him off his path. A lot there from Draymond. I, I hadn't really gone down the Steph road on it in the detail that, that he did. To me, it was more – It was more. they started to get figured out, and there would also been I, – I think there would have been an accountability for losing 
in 16 that the Warriors, it would, it would have changed the dynamics a little bit, at, at, that they were no longer unbeatable. And, and that, you know, if Harrison Barnes comes back, he's now accountable for the fact that he didn't come through in three of the biggest games. Mm-hmm. And Draymond, I think, would have had to have been held accountable. Like, people would have looked at Draymond differently for, for tricking that series yes. because of the antics and the stuff with, with Durant, or I'm sorry, with LeBron. But two weeks later, they get Durant, and it, it just it gets washed, and they win the next two chips, and it was they were just by far the best team and everybody expected them to win the next two, if not three chips. And they did. And so it just, I never think the Warriors had to deal with accountability for their failures in ways that some of these other teams that have fallen apart at the hands of the Warriors had to account for their failures. Yeah. That takes a toll. I think, I think the thing that that sticks out at the, that sticks out here too is like for me, him saying that they wouldn't have won in 17 and 18 without KD is kind of like, okay, whatever. But when he brings the the Steph angle into it, I think that's what hits a nerve. I don't want to speak for other people, but that that to me is where it's like, huh. Steph, the unanimous MVP, who hit 402 threes that year and averaged, what did he, 30 points, whatever it was, couldn't get his own, like, couldn't create a shot, couldn't get his own shot. Like that that seems ridiculous to me. But at the same time, I, I think that it's not so much the skill. I think it's just the know-how and the 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 kind of savviness to to use the 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 I was talking to, to Kenny Caraway from 1320 in Sacramento yesterday, and I brought up the play where he couldn't get where Steph couldn't drive past Kevin Love. Right. And I was like, was it the knee thing? Was it just and KC was like, no, he was trying to hit a three. He was not interested in driving past Kevin Love. And I think Steph today, in that moment, knows, hey, I can blow by this guy and get us a bucket. Now let's go get a stop. And that's more where where I think Draymond is going. With I don't think it has to do with like, oh, the Warriors needed another scorer. Like, it's not it's not crazy they needed somebody else who could get a shot. That I, I think there's two things getting mixed up here. And he, I don't think he's. I don't think the goal of what he was saying was Steph couldn't get his own shot. They just needed a secondary player to also do that. Well, there. I Which think there's still a, there's a there's a dynamic to the way that that Steph would get his shots, and and yes. that teams were able to defend it at a higher level, and it also in the context of their offense, teams defended that, and that was what enabled Steph to get his shot in, in certain ways. And yeah, he was banged up, but I, in, in some ways, and, and I hear you, and I know Steiny Guru had a great conversation about this earlier in the week and, and Guru was adamant that, Hey, Hey, this is a bad look for Draymond. And, and I, and it like, looks like he's throwing shade on Steph Curry. The way I, the way I kind of would categorize it just based on sort of what you said to this point, it's almost as if, and I'm saying this jokingly, but there's there's maybe some truth behind it, or some people take it. Like Draymond kind of sounds like one of the haters. Like mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like he's saying a lot of what was said about Steph by his detractors, even for as great as he was, two time MVP, unanimous, and all of that. I have two texts here that I, that fit in with what I was going to say from the nine two five. 
what teams figured out wasn't that Steph couldn't create a shot. It was that you could sag way off Draymond and he was no threat. He went six of eight from three in game seven of 2016. He was, he was their best. Then. He was, he was right. He was a threat then. Um, and then from the six, five Oh quote started to figure us out. They won 73 games. There's a difference between an 82 game season where you're playing a team one night and then maybe not seeing them for six weeks versus playing seven games against a good, smart player like LeBron and a good, smart coach like Ty Lue. It wasn't that teams were figuring it out. It was that you had OKC, who was just a tough matchup for them, and then the Cavs, who were familiar with them, who had started to figure them out. I don't think that anything he's saying is wrong. Um, the other the other thing with with this is I don't I I don't I don't know. We're up against it. Huh? You could you could we got a we got a minute. You can be short. We're, we're going to get back into it. We got a fourth hour, so we're going to get back into it. We're... I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that I want to, that I need to, let me, I need to. You going to open a can of worms? Maybe. And that's what, I want to make sure that I have my thought correct on this first before okay. I try and cram it in. Fair enough. I talked right. myself into a corner there. My bad. I don't think so. No, I, I, again, it's, it's, Kyle has takes. Sometimes. Kyle has to, and again, we're just having a conversation. 888-957-9570. We'll get some phone calls on this. A lot of great text messages on it. Uh, yeah, it's just two guys having a conversation here on a Saturday. It's hour, hour number four, straight ahead, 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.